I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Christmas, everyone, or should I say Merry Christmas Eve, if you're listening to this on Thursday the 24th. Um, I hope you all have had a wonderful holiday season. Haley, have you been able to get all those Christmas gifts purchased and wrapped? I, I have. Um, I actually got I got done about a week ago getting all my stuff nice. wrapped and done. And had to purchase a new Christmas tree because my dog ate mine. Aww. Yeah, literally like ate it was a whole deal but anyway have a new christmas tree have christmas presents all is well how about you You yes i am done my christmas tree underneath looks like i have a problem a shopping (laughs) problem um but no it's it's great and uh in honor of our podcast um i presented Haley with some christmas liquor I greatly appreciated the Christmas liquor. Um, if you all recall back a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the husband who went to go buy Christmas liquor, and then his wife um, chopped him up into pieces. So don't worry. This podcast will not feature me chopping Haley up. I was concerned for just about 30 seconds, but I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, yeah, just so you know. <laughs> all right, as I said, ho, 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 we are featuring a Christmas episode in this story. Um, We're going to move on back, way back, to 1929, where the number one song was Am I Blue by Ethel Waters and Nat's Skillcret Orchestra. Hmm. Yeah, so here's the thing. I don't even know this one. (laughs) And I know, like, music history, I I love it, but I actually don't know this one, so I had to listen to it. It kind of goes... Am I blue? It's about, you know, a guy who left this girl, and, mm. you know, it's very jazzy. It's awesome. Love some jazz. Mm-hmm. You should listen to it. It's really great. It's it's on YouTube. I'll add it to my list. Please do. <laughs> um, in October of 29, a lot of us know that in the United States, it was Black Tuesday. That's when the stock market crashed. Mm. Um, but by December 3rd, President Herbert Hoover announced, oh, the, and I quote, the worst effects of the recent stock market crash are behind us as a nation and the American people will regain their faith in the economy. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, and so we all know that actually things ended up getting worse rather than better. Mm. Um, and on a happy note, however, in December of 1929, a man by the name of Edwin S. Lowe popularized the game Bingo, which is one that we talk about all the time. Love Bingo. He actually came across a game when he was in Atlanta called Bino. Please do not be confused with the gas pill. I was about to say, like, like the gas pill? Right. Or... So this was a game uh, that he picked up, and he was like, oh, Bino, this would be fun. So a couple of his friends, they played it, and they kept saying Bingo instead of Bino. So he retooled it and actually presented it as Bingo instead of Bino, and I guess it became a huge hit, and that's our Bingo today. Nice. So, yeah, whenever you're playing uh, Bingo, now just think, the gas pill. Bino. Bino. I wonder if anybody would get it if I yelled that out, or if they would be like, oh my god, get this girl a gas pill. (laughs) (laughs) They would clear the room for sure. They'd be like, oh man, poor girl. 
Uh, well, now going on in Stokes County, North Carolina. Uh, so do you know where Stokes County is? I know where Stokes County is because when I was in college, we used to go dance there at their schools. They had, they did this big fall festival thing and the Bailey Mountain Cloggers, which I was on, would go and we stayed in these real sketchy cabins in the woods. That's a story for another episode, but yeah. yes, I know where Stokes is. Please continue. I'm so glad that you do because I actually had no idea. So I had to look it up and it's, there's an area, kind of a big town called Germantown. Oh my gosh, is that where you stayed? Near there, and I know the story, and I am so freaking excited. Okay, okay, awesome. I'm so excited. I have heard this story. Y'all strap in, it's a wild ride. It is, it is so (laughs) crazy. Oh my gosh. So, it's an area called Germantown, North Carolina. This is about, this is actually very close to the border of Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's near Winston-Salem. That's kind of the next big city. Uh, Also, Thomasville, if you're familiar with the area. So, this is a story about the Lawson family. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a farming family. Um, They actually had a tobacco farm. Um, Dad, Charlie, he was 43 years old. Uh, He was married to his lovely wife, Fanny. They had been married at this point for about 18 years. She was 37 years old, and together they had seven children. So many children. That's a lot. Actually, they had eight, Um, but they had a son who had passed away in the early 20s. So sad. Yeah, definitely. Um, So their oldest daughter was Marie. She was 17, followed very quickly by Arthur, who was 16. Carrie was 12. Mabel, or Maybell, depending on how you pronounce it, was seven. James was four, Raymond two, and Mary Lou four months. So, 17 to four months. So they had, like, but they had some gaps in there. They, they weren't did. just, like, stair-stepping them. Right. The first two were very close, mm-hmm. and then it seemed like, you know, they had yeah. some, some time, so... Anyway, like I said, they lived on this farm. Um, they had a cabin that was on a hill and overlooked a beautiful babbling brook. So actually, that sounds really scenic and mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, oh, it's beautiful. Surrounded by woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it is it mountainous up there? Or <sighs> yes, um, but there's just like one. I remember there being one little town, and it's. I mean, there's nothing. It's like more the middle of nowhere than where I live, which is oh. the middle of nowhere. Is that like it, Walnut Cove? Is that what it's called? Something to that effect? Yeah, kind of, yeah, I've I seen think those. so. I feel like that's right. Okay. Well, in and around December of 1929, uh, this area was struck pretty hard with a snowstorm. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you're a farmer, um, that's got to hit you pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not doing too well financially. Um, and, I, you know, obviously this is not the result of the stock market crash necessarily. That hasn't trickled down quite mm-hmm. yet. Um, but it was just the weather has now affected his income. So this was a family that was just not well off right. altogether. Um, so leading up to Christmas, a couple of days before, Charlie actually announced to his family, we're going to go into town and we're going to buy all new clothes. Dang. So the family, and you got to remember this was the 20s, you know, they weren't used to a a whole new wardrobe right. kind of thing. You know, they were used to just kind of the rags and, and the basics of what they had. Mm-hmm. So he takes the entire family, family of nine, into town, and he buys them all new clothes. Wow. And his wife even mentions and says, you know, uh, why are we, can we afford this? Mm-hmm. He says, um, well, this is for a Christmas surprise. Okay. Well, yeah. that's nice. Then he says, you know, now that we're all gussied up, Let's go take a family portrait. Which back in the day was not 
an easy task. <laughs> no, and, and you know, and not as common for you know poor farmers. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it is today. Like you just pop out your iPhone and right. take you know some pretty snaps and some selfies. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went in and they had a photograph made, um, and they're all standing there. And actually, um, I will post this when I post about this story, um, the family photograph. Um, so they go and they have their photograph taken, um, and the family is so excited because it feels like, oh my gosh, we're so close, like family and Christmassy. Well, it ends up on Christmas Day. The women are back at the house um, making cakes and things that you do on Christmas, sort of that warm Christmassy feeling. Mm-hmm. And Charles and his son Arthur, um, along with a cousin, went rabbit hunting. Hmm. Now, I'm not, I don't know much about hunting. Um, I've never had rabbit. Have you? I've never had it, um, but we're not. I mean, my family doesn't hunt either, but my dad did when he was a kid. So he knows all about, you know, how to hunt them and skin them and eat them and all that. But I was never something I was into or wanted to be involved in, but... Yeah, no. I'm kind of cityfied, um, so I don't, I don't know <laughs> a lot about this. But this was apparently very common. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. This time of year in this area, most people were out rabbit hunting, mm-hmm. and in large part because they would be taking this back, um, and this is what they would have for Christmas dinner. So Arthur and his son were out and about, um, and his son and the cousin say, "You know what, Dad? We're out of bullets." Mm. And um, Charlie says, yeah, you know, why don't you go to town and get some bullets? And and Arthur says to his dad, like, you don't have any extra bullets? I thought we would have more than enough. And he says, no, 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 you're going to have to go to town and go get bullets. So Arthur and his cousin leave and they, they go to town, which is apparently a three-mile walk to town. That's a, that's a lot of walking. They were in shape. They were in shape. And it's, like, snowing and it's cold. It's snowing. And... It's cold. They've been out rabbit hunting. No, thanks. Yeah, I know. Like, I just I just like heat in Netflix. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, while they were in town, Charlie put his plan into place. Oh, no. And if y'all are wondering, what plan? I'll let you know. Charlie had made the decision that on Christmas Day, he was going to wipe out his entire family. Ugh. So Charlie's two daughters, Carrie, age 12, and Maybell, or Mabel, age 7, were going to their aunt and uncle's house, who lived um, about a mile away. Okay. And so they were walking past the tobacco barn, which is actually where Charlie had staked out. He was kind of in position. He Mm. was watching them. Um, And as they get in sight, he uses his shotgun and his pistol, Mm. and he shoots each one of them. Ah, And once he gets closer to them, once they're down, he bludgeons them to death with the rifle. Jeez. Yeah. He drags their body into the tobacco barn, and he places rocks underneath their heads as like a pillow, and then he puts their hands um, crossed in front of them. Huh. Yeah. Okay. See, like I told you, I mean, I I know the story and I know the gist of it, but it's been so long since I've read about it that I I don't remember all the details so I've never heard the story so when I was researching it like every little bit was just oh my gosh gosh. yeah um so he didn't stop there oh no yeah he left the tobacco barn and he walked towards the property now 
I will tell you, you would think that there would be some raised suspicion if you're, like, hearing all these gunshots. Yeah, you know? well, with rabbit hunting. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's out rabbit hunting, uh-huh. so nobody thinks a thing about it. Neighbors uh-huh. don't think a thing about it. So he leaves the tobacco barn and he heads back towards the house where he sees his wife on the porch. He shoots her, and I guess they had the front door to the house open, and Marie, hearing the shot and seeing what happened, starts screaming. Yeah. She's the 17-year-old daughter. Charlie walks into the house, and of course... Marie's right there, and Marie, I guess, tells the little boys, who are four and two, to, to run and hide. Mm-hmm. So the little boys scatter and try and hide. He shoots Marie, Ugh. and then he goes and he finds the hiding places of his son James and Raymond, who are two and four, and he bludgeons them to death ah. with the gun. Yeah. Oh, imagine how confused they were. It's like, what's, what's Dad doing? Yeah. yeah. And, and to be... So scared, like in that moment, you're trying to find a place to hide. Yeah. So, uh, the last um, that he killed was four-month-old Mary Lou, who lay in her crib. He bludgeoned her to death. He took the two family dogs, and he went out into the woods with his gun. Now, he went by the creek to wash the blood off of his hands. Ah. And then he paced. He paced in the snow um, for what they thought was hours. Oh. Um, and they actually thought that he was probably waiting on his son to come back. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but his son did not return, and several hours after the killing... And by the way, I wanted to mention that the reverberation from the sound of the shooting actually stopped the clock in the house. Oh my gosh. At about 1.25 p.m. Oh, so that's so they knew when mm-hmm. it started. Exactly. Oh, interesting. And they surmised that he killed himself in and around 5 o'clock because they heard a shot from the woods. Dang, that's yeah. a long time. So for almost four hours, yeah. he was pacing outside. Jeez. And he shoots himself in the chest. Mm. Oh, in the chest? In the chest. What an odd place. It is, right? It seems like... I mean, but a shotgun's long, so... It is, so I guess... It would... This is an audio podcast, but I'm trying to simulate with my hands, like, how you would do this. You know they I can't, can't see, right? I know, but it's making me feel better to try to figure it I'm out. I'm glad. Okay. It's really a warm, cozy feeling, thinking yeah. about a man, you know, shooting himself. Oh, okay, continue. <laughs> anyway, um, so the bodies were actually discovered by relatives um, who had come by to... Give Christmas greetings. Oh, God. Yeah, so, you know, here they come by. It's it's like a nice Christmas snow, you know. They they hitched up the team. Hitched up the team. I don't know. Hitched up what team of horses? Maybe. Or I don't know if... Or... Well, I don't know really what they did. I don't know. I like hitched up... A, they hitched up a team of dogs and sledded on over. <laughs> mush, mush. <laughs> so, they came to the family's house to, you know, give Christmas greetings and... Found a massacre. Uh. Found everyone dead. Um, And that is when Arthur and his cousin came back from buying bullets in town. And they wanted to look for Dad, but suspecting that he was the one who committed these crimes, 
they were kind of scared to go out and look for him, yeah. fearing that, you know, they may be shot and killed next, um, until they heard a shot from the woods, mm. and they went out to inspect, and they found that Dad had killed himself. Ugh. So their bodies were removed, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and they were taken to the local funeral parlor. But the problem was, it was a very small funeral parlor. Yeah, I can imagine. And we're talking about, you know, eight murdered individuals here, um, and they didn't have the capacity there to embalm them. So half of them stayed at the funeral parlor, and half of them went to the um, top floor of a mercantile. And, of course, a mercantile is like a store, a general store. Yeah, I'm following. Kind of almost like a grocery store. Yeah. Uh, so they went to the top floor of the grocery store where their bodies were embalmed. What? What? Mm. wonder why. Who, who sat there? At what meeting was this where they said, hmm, yeah, we should put them the mercantile and somebody had to be like yeah that's a good idea yeah, and who says like you know it's all right i got spice you go ahead you just put them up there like, oh god the flowers down below like i don't know it's just that's an ooh. yeah like what else was were they because usually like families back in that time like they lived there's like apartments above right stores so were they just like in their living room possibly I think I think what I read was these were more like offices. Okay, but still, but like you still. come into work Monday morning after Christmas, and it's like, sorry, oh. there's four dead bodies here. Exactly. Like, just like, don't mind them. Just <laughs> shift them over. Get to work. Can you imagine now in this like COVID state, you know, oh that we're God. all working from home. It's like, oh, don't mind us, you know. Just, just there's a body over there, it's but it's fine. fine. It's what fine. is that smell, Haley? It's you know, a decomposing body. Oh, it got dark. Of course it did. It's a podcast. <laughs> right. There's no light and tingly here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but they were actually embalmed and prepared there. Mm. Okay. Well, so when word gets out, um, not only people in the town, but people in Winston-Salem, Thomasville, like, they're so curious because nothing like this has happened. A man who massacres himself and his entire family on Christmas, you know? So they actually come out for the funeral. Oh, well, that's, you know. Respectful. Right, but also, nice. there's a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. So they come out to the funeral, and the family is buried in the clothes that he had purchased for them. Okay. So maybe that was his Christmas surprise. Ah. Yeah. Um, and they each were buried in separate coffins, except for the baby who was placed in her mother's arms. Well, that's kind of nice. That was nice. Yeah. And they had an open casket for each Oh, I hate that. It, yeah, and I don't think that helps the curiosity. It doesn't. I hate an open casket even when it's, like, not a brutal murder. Yeah, it... I, just not my thing. Yeah, just seeing dead bodies. I don't know. I, I do also have that weird of, like, they're they going to come out and jump at me. I know. know. Like, you're walking, like, you go to a, I mean, we're not getting to do it now, but you go to, like, a visitation, and you walk in front, and they're just laying there, and you're like, oh. Just waiting for, surprise, guess what? <laughs> nah, I'm really alive. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <sighs> anyway... Uh, on that happy note, so um, <laughs> they viewed the bodies, and then they were all placed into a mass grave that had actually been dug out by family members. 
um, and all buried together in one large plot. Okay. So after this, um, there was a lot of questions going around about what possessed this man to kill his entire family on Christmas, of all things. Yeah. And the only survivor was Arthur. Yeah. The son, who was 16 years old. And Arthur was not able to support himself on the farm. Um, he, he wasn't able to work mm. like his dad did. And it's snowy. Yeah. So how is he going to keep everything going? How is he going to stay afloat? Well, Charlie, the dad's younger brother, Marion, decided that in able to help his nephew, in order to help his nephew support himself, mm-hmm. he would open up tours to the house for 25 cents a piece. Okay. You know, you've got those individuals who have some morbid curiosity. Myself and yeah, I mean, same. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's a great idea. Also not saying I wouldn't go. I would have gone. I, yeah, I totally would have gone. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to pretend I would have no, been there. No. Maybe wear some sunglasses, like, pretend it wasn't me. Right. No. But I totally would have been there. Oh, I would have been there. For <laughs> sure. For sure. So, he is marketing this as, for 25 cents a piece, you can tour the murder house. Oh, God. Which is also where Arthur is still living. And by the way, folks, they did not clean anything up. Um, You're walking through blood uh, and... Right. See, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, no, me neither. That's a little too real. Yeah, I'm okay with going to, like, they've set it up as, like... Like the, um, I I haven't been, but I want to. Like the Lizzie Borden house. I would love to go. I would love to go. But, like, it's set up, you know, like it was, but there's not, you know... The blood of her family. Exactly. There. That's creepy. Okay. No, Ew. I get Lizzie Borden took in it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a cool story. It is. Uh, anyway, so back to what we were saying. Um, yeah, so you could tour the house. And so something else that was interesting is Marie, the oldest daughter, she had actually baked a raisin cake mm-hmm. that had been left on the kitchen table. And they left it on the kitchen table. And you could view this lovely cake. But part of the problem was people started stealing the raisins off the top of the cake as, like, a souvenir. Yeah. Yeah. Why a raisin? That's not the thing. I I mean, I wouldn't take anything, but I I wouldn't take a raisin. (laughs) This also concerns me that you're like, when I go to murder houses, I usually steal the the china. (laughs) Yeah, not the raisins. Don't take the raisins. That's weird. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's just odd. Can't you see it, like, coming back home? Like, Haley, Haley, I got a raisin from the cake. (laughs) Give it to somebody. Like, this is from the murder house. This is is a raisin from the murder house. I think it's got a little blood on it. Oh, gross. No. Isn't that so nasty? I know. I know. So, eventually, um, after several tours and many raisins were stolen, they decided to put the cake in a glass case. Not just, like, toss the cake out? Because it's got to be moldy, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. But, you know, it was the last thing they made. And maybe there's some, you know symbolic thing maybe even for Arthur too maybe he's like I kind of this is sort of the last piece of my family something that they made with their hands like I I kind of want to keep it I get that I get that but it's also moldy food it is moldy food and (laughs) yuck gross but nonetheless and and I also think about rodents yeah I don't know 
Yeah, no, I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. Gross. Um, And also, not only were people stealing the raisins off of the cake, but they were also stealing pieces of the cabin. Like, pieces of wood off the side of the cabin. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's also, (laughs) it's like a beaver, like, (laughs) or something. I don't know. That's just, that's great imagery, isn't it? Oh, God. That's weird. That's strange. So they ended up using really tall chicken wire and, like, fencing it off so that if you weren't there for the tour, you couldn't just be outside milling around, stealing pieces of the house or raisins. It's like freaking termites. They come in and just eat your house. (laughs) 25 cents and you get a piece of the house and a raisin. Oh my god. I mean, like, ooh, that's just strange. I hate that. Um, so they ended up doing this tour until like the mid 1930s. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a very long time. Yeah. That's like a five or six year period that they're doing tours. Dang. But I guess that this was a long enough period where they were able to um, keep him afloat and keep right. him going. Okay. So the son Arthur, he ended up um, marrying, he had four children, um, but tragically he died um, in his early 30s. He was 31 years old when he died in 1945. He was actually oh. in a car accident. Dang, this so, whole yeah. family has just been cursed. It kind of feels like piss it. piss off like the town psychic or witch or something? I don't know. Maybe it's something about that raisin cake. Maybe. I can tell you, uh, and this is TMI, but raisins don't sit too well with me. Mm. You know? Um, and apparently it didn't with this family either. I mean, I'm yeah. not a big raisin fan. Me so neither. I wouldn't have chosen a raisin cake. But me neither. Stay That's away from it. Like that, rest areas sure. and raisin cakes. Bad move. Right? I just don't. You know, raisins, Christmas. Well, raisin, I mean, I guess that's the time, but raisin cake doesn't scream Christmas to me. No. Now, if they were making a fruit cake, yeah, well, that, well, yeah. that would feel more Christmasy. Right, but just raisins? Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, we're hung up on the raisins. That's anyway, right. Continue. So anyway, he, he died in 1945, um, but he is actually buried in the same cemetery as the rest of his family. Okay. Um, his nice. wife and children ended up moving to California, where that family still lives today. Okay. Um, and from what I can tell, they've never come back to that area. Can't imagine why. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely wanting to separate yourself is smart. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say that each of the family members prior to burial were autopsied? Um, yes. So they can really pinpoint a little bit more about their deaths. And they took uh, the brain. Well, you know, they took the brain of Charlie, the dad, because okay. some family members had reported that prior to this happening a few months before that Charlie had actually gone to the doctor and said that he was having severe headaches, that he was mm. having some memory loss issues. Um, and of course, his doctor is like, ah, well, you know. Take an aspirin and call me in the morning. <laughs> right, but, you know, right. you'll be all right. Stiff upper lip. Yeah. You know, um, so it really wasn't paid much attention to. So when they studied his brain, they actually sent it to John Hopkins. Oh. They realized... How does one... Uh, just, sorry, side note no. here. How does one ship a brain in the 20s? Do you just, like... I would say, you know, just put it in a, you know, good old box and make sure it's <laughs> taped up right nice and... Um, you know, and even put on the outside, uh, this is Christmas, so I'm going to use a little quote, fragile, for those of you who know a Christmas story, <laughs> uh, fragile, crazy man brain inside. Just stick it on a train that's like... Sure, stick it on a train and, and send it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just can, I can't can imagine. Can you sign here for this brain? Oh my god. <laughs> you definitely would want to sign for it. Oh yeah. There yeah, should have you... been some type of signature situation happening yeah. there. Could you imagine if it ends up just at some random house and like you know, with your Amazon packages just be like I was thinking about stuff that. And just oh. Well, and I even have things where you know I get I'm like packages and I order so much that I've opened my neighbor's stuff before, you know, and I'm like I didn't order this lawn care stuff. Um, but it was for my neighbor. Could you imagine if you open it up and you're like, a brain? <laughs> I'm what the sure F? That's the reaction you would have. No! Oh, a brain! <laughs> well, now, if it's set on the outside, fragile, crazy man brain inside, I would think that you were pranking me. I would think that, like, it was some one of my friends. Right, I would totally open it. I would open it, yeah. for sure. And then be like, holy crap, it's real. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's a juicy brain. So the brain's at Johns Hopkins. So brain's at John Hopkins, and it is juicy. I can tell you that um, it was smaller than the average size brain. Huh. And not just that, it was very mushy at the center. Mushy brain. Okay. A mushy brain. All right. Um, you know, they don't know whatever happened to the brain, who has it, where it went. Um, but it is fascinating to think, okay, it was smaller in size. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that it was an ill-developed brain? Does it mean that if it was kind of mushy, does it mean that he maybe had some kind of TBI, some kind of traumatic brain injury? Right. Um, is this what caused him to snap and lose it? Mm, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. So that's one of the theories, but um, something else that I want to let you know as a theory is that some people say that Charlie witnessed some kind of mafia conversation, but this is odd to me because it's not like uh, we're in New York City. This is like backwoods, North Carolina. This is still backwoods, North Carolina. Right. Like, it's like, when I say this is a small town, I mean, beautiful Quaint, lovely people, tiny town. Right? I can't imagine the mafia is just hanging out. No, I can't either. Like, you know, yo, you know, I think we're going to ice somebody. Like, what? In, like, backwoods, rural North Carolina? Like, no, I don't. So, I mean, that was one theory that was presented. Um, And, you know, said that, oh, okay, so they wanted to get even with Charlie, you Mm -hmm. know, make sure that he knew, you know. So, one of the theories was that Charlie angered someone. Um, and it, to get back at him, they wiped out him and his entire family to teach them a lesson. Oh? Yeah, that's another one of the theories. Hmm. Um, so we have the mafia, and then we have he ran, like, angered a random stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, what's interesting is that everyone said that Charlie was pretty liked in the town. Right. Um, and that he was, like, good Christian guy, went to church, like people liked him in the community, so it didn't seem like this could be plausible. Right, that seems odd. Now, here's the last theory that seems the most plausible, but I'll let you decide. There was a lady who wrote a book called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas in 1990. Yes. She um, was relatively local, and she wrote it with her dad, who actually attended the funeral, as an eight-year-old uh-huh. boy. Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. So she and her dad co-wrote this book and did a lot of research for it, and Charlie's niece, who was still alive, she was pretty old at this point, she came forward and presented another possible theory. Hmm. She stated that she overheard a conversation um, between her family members talking about how Marie, the 17-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. 
was pregnant. This is the theory that I know. So, of course, you know, in the 1920s, a young girl who was pregnant without being married, that's seen as very shameful. Yeah, right. Um, e, it wasn't just that she was pregnant. It was who she was pregnant by. Oh. So, the, you know, the niece ends up saying, yeah, she was pregnant by her father. Dun, dun, dun. So this was a situation of incest. <sighs> Apparently there had been an incestuous relationship going on between she and her father, and mm. she had become pregnant. Now, her mom was aware of this. Oh. And her mom actually told the rest of the family. So this is a conversation that the cousin or the, the niece had overheard, um, and, and Fanny, mom, was, mm. was telling relatives. So everybody was well aware. Right. And, and this also just makes me go, wait a minute. You were aware of this and nobody said... That was still, like, happening? Right, and nobody said... Uh, leave that young girl alone. Right. Like, you know, you're her daddy. Like, nobody said that. I don't love that. I don't love that either. No, oh my I gosh. I don't even like that. So they were thinking that Charlie was so shamed by the ramifications, um, the pregnancy, of his actions mm-hmm. that, and maybe the shame of everybody knowing right. that he just decided to wipe out the whole family. Yeah. And himself included. I mean, yeah, I think that theory coupled with the possibility that he had some brain abnormalities that makes the most sense to me. Right. That's kind of what I would go I with. I think so too. But okay. I also like the mafia one, but I just don't yes. think it's possible. What if it were like a country mafia? You know, like... Like the KKK? Oh no. Ooh. 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 No, that it's more terrorist no, organization. Yeah. That's a little, it was a little early for know, them. Like, forget about it. We'll take him out. We'll break his knees. That could be fun. Breaking knees? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I forgot. I just thought you meant like a country mafia. I'm like, I could it's get like a country mafia. Like, you know, just like they're like, forget about him. But I want them to be like a Robin Hood one where they're like taken out racist. Bad guys? And homophobic people. In the 20s? In deep North Carolina. Oh no, I meant now. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so confused. No, I like that's what I that's what I want. For, okay, so for us. more more like a vigil anti group, yes. less like a mafia. Right. See, I'm more like let's get on board with vigilantes. Yeah, yeah. less like you know racketeering and yeah. and knocking out knees. Right. Yeah. Okay. Whew. That was confusing. <laughs> All right, Uh, so that is one of the biggest theories that I feel like is probably the most plausible. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that the house uh, stood for a long time and and went with different owners, ended up collapsing in the 1970s, and really only the foundation remains still today. Mm -hmm. Um, And they used the floorboards and some of the scrap wood, so the floorboards now that had bloodstains all over them. Um, they used it to build a bridge over that babbling brook that I talked about. And for the longest time, people were able to drive over it, um, but they report some sinister activity. <laughs> that their car would stall. Oh, my god! They would see the ghosts of children. They would hear children's voices. Uh, people also report that on the land, they would see children running through. You know, little ghostly apparitions. Yeah, I mean, don't build bridges out of the bloody floorboards of children. Right? Right? Like, no. no. I mean, I'm all about building bridges. 
Right. But not out of bloody bloody children. Yes, I (laughs) bloody children. children. (laughs) Oh, bloody children! Just Bill, just stuck him up there. Let's. Ooh, gross. No, yeah. Uh, Right. So this uh, bridge actually still stands, but you can no longer drive across it. But you can walk across it. (gasps) Field trip. Right? Can we go? I wonder how far that is. It's not far. That out. Stokes is not far. Okay. We got there in like a night. It's like a three or four hour. Okay. Not even. It's like a maybe okay. two hours. Oh my gosh, you guys. We could do We it. could do a live podcast from the property. From the bridge. From the bridge. Excellent. But what if we... Yeah, okay. No, we'll just do it. But if I'm we all get, for it. Yeah. Well, I, I will tell the ghost, take Haley, not me. <laughs> I'm too old to die. <laughs> take the young one. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, anyway. we'll... Yeah, let's... When it's warmer, we'll, That's we'll a good talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to... No. Not now. Not, not when it's snowy. Oh my gosh, no. I don't want to give you any kind of ammo (laughs) literally um anyways currently someone owns the property and is growing corn and soybeans there i didn't know soybeans this is totally off topic i did not know soybeans grew that far north i had no idea but again i know nothing about farming hunting or anything that is not outside range of a target Mm, got a good background in the farming not so much the hunting but i'm more the target and I don't mean shooting. I mean the big, you know, the red yeah. store. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, so, you know, if you go there, just know that you could see apparitions of children playing on the land. Um, you could go over the bridge and your, you know, car may stop. Well, you can't do that. Yeah, now. don't drive over yeah, it now. Yeah, don't drive over it now. It'll probably cave in. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so that is the conclusion of my Christmas bloody story. Ha, ha. Oh, I hope for you guys that I didn't ruin your Christmas Eve and your Christmas or whenever you're listening to this. Um, but I thought this was such a crazy yeah, story. It's a wild one. Yeah. Um, just keep away from your family members. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Have a have a respect for them. Right. You know. Yeah. Don't you know, have any fear of you know shooting and yeah. COVID. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Be cautious this Christmas season. You know, Mm-mm. don't shoot your relatives. And if you're making raisin cake. Maybe just don't. Just don't. Maybe just don't. If First of all, don't yeah. anyway, because that doesn't sound No, good. if you were contemplating it, this is me tell. This is your PSA. Do not make raisin cake. And, you know, picking the raisins off, that's not COVID friendly. No, it's not. No. That's COVID not. friendly. It is not. So just don't. Just be kind to your loved ones. You know, if you see them through plexiglass, if you see them through Zoom, yeah, you know, just spread some best. holiday cheer. Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, murder and mayhem. Exactly. That's not cool. Nope, stay away from that. Stay away from that. So, as we conclude, uh, Haley, what are we talking about next week? Because I believe next week is New Year's Eve. Oh, do you have a New Year's so Eve story crazy. for us? I do have a New Year's Eve story for you. It's um, one that we haven't done before it's a um a murder for hire situation that we're gonna dive into out in um actually we're taking it real far south we're going to alabama Ooh, i declare (laughs) 
I don't think they talk like that there, but that's more like I wish they would like Savannah, Savannah. like yeah. Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. Oh well, it's all right. It's all right. It's fine. Yep. It's you know I do yep. my best. We'll be in Alabama next we'll, week. Woohoo! I'm super excited about that. It's a good one. Um, and this week, as always, we want to give a shout out to some of our listeners. You know that we've been doing that here lately. Um, if you remember. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago that I would be willing to give a shout out to those in another country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that we did have listeners from Spain. Nice. So I am going to give a shout out uh, in Spanish. Do it. Yes. So before I even get started, I do want to say I'm really sorry if I butcher this. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of my friends who are bilingual will be like, oh, God. <laughs> or maybe they'll say, well, you tried. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a, or like a, a thank you for trying Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Better than I could do. I'm excited. Hola, mi amigos y amigas. <laughs> Yo hablo un pequeño español. Uh, estudio en universidad. Mi primer idioma es inglés y mi segundo idioma es español. Muchas gracias por escuchar esta podcast. Thank you so much. We love you. Feliz Navidad. I loved it. Thank I didn't you. Know, I, I feel like I understood most of it, but I really enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who didn't really, you're yeah. like, I don't really know Spanish. What did you say? So basically, I just said thank you for listening to our podcast, that um, I knew a little bit of Spanish because I studied it in college, that my primary language obviously is English, but because I had studied in college, um, kind of my secondary language would be more Spanish. So hopefully I didn't totally butcher that. I am really rusty at my Spanish, but do know that we love you guys and thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you. Haley, how can they send us an email and tell us um, how much I butchered that? (laughs) So you can send us an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can give us a follow on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia and follow us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And please give us a shout out, uh, follow us, stalk us. Right? Ooh. We gotta find a good stalking case. Yes. Those scare me so bad. Right? They freak me out but I want to do mm. one. Here's the thing. Why don't you get on your, your computers, your tablets, your phones, send us out an email, and just let us know what you think. We love your feedback. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Please stay safe. Um, don't shoot any of your relatives. Mm-mm. Maybe, you know, don't make a raisin cake. Nope. And we will plan to see you on New Year's Eve. Woohoo! Ho, ho, ho.